All right, so welcome to this five minutes of fire. This is the last tool that we're gonna cover. And I'm actually gonna cover these last two tools together. These are the tools that I put together to help you with um, incident management and doing size ups and uh, assigning resources and doing the type of, of um, tactical scenarios that are very common in assessment centers. You really need to be prepared for these and you need to have a systematic process in place because you're likely not gonna know what they're gonna throw at you. It could be a fire in a building, it could, be, it could be a wildland fire, it could be a motor vehicle accident, it could be a mass casualty incident, it could be a hazmat situation. There's a whole list of stuff that they could throw at you, so don't get too caught up in trying to figure out all the little details of what could happen. Um, that, that could be helpful, but more importantly, is make sure that you have a sequential way of doing this every single time. And so these role play size-up sheets are a simple, basic foundational way to manage any type of scenario. And then specifically, I give you a, a template to follow for structure fire, one for wildfire, and one for motor vehicle accidents. You could still use this same flow for a hazmat, for um, a mass shooting, for uh, a flood, whatever type of situation they throw at you, you can still use these steps. Just on these sheets is the language and the resources and the terminology. There's a little bit of variation with that. So the most basic part of this is that realize there's a lot of size up sheets that can get really complicated and overwhelming. And I've gone through quite, of them, quite a few of them um, in my own experience to where I've seen a lot of them where there's a lot of, it's hard to follow all the stuff that they give you it's hard to follow it when you're just doing it informally. And then it's even more hard to follow if you show up on scene of, of emergency incident and you got a lot of radio traffic, you got a lot of bystanders that are panicking, you have um, a lot of time sensitive actions that you have to take. And so um, keeping it at the most fundamental basic level uh, is designed so that if you start to panic, if you kind of lose your track, your focus, fall back on these fundamentals. There's a saying is that you won't rise to the occasion, you will fall to the level of your training. And so if you have this foundational training, it's a safe platform to make sure even if you kind of botch a scenario, you're not gonna totally fail it. So even if you give the most basic size up um, and it, you don't get like any great accolades for how great it sounds, you could still hit those basic benchmarks and hopefully uh, still navigate through that test. Ideally, you start with the foundation and it, it, it allows you to just have this framework that whatever the situation, you just have this systematic approach and you realize that there's nothing new under, uh, there's, there's nothing new under heaven or there's no new, there's no emergency that exists that, hasn't happened to some extent before. So even though it's dynamic, even though there's a different time and place for stuff that's gonna happen, when dealing with emergencies, um, there's certain predictable patterns that are gonna happen and there's certain priorities that are gonna hit that need to be hit um, on this scenario. So enough on that, the, the basic part is, so I'm actually gonna go a little bit longer than five minutes because I'm covering two here. So I'm gonna stop this clock. If you're watching the screen, I've got a time clock. I'm not gonna go much longer, but I wanna just, um, 
I don't want that timer going off in the middle of it. So here are, so going to that, the basic part is that all size ups can be summed up as a CAN report. A CAN report, condition, actions, needs. What are the conditions that you're seeing? What are the actions that you're gonna do? And what is it that you need to best manage that scenario? First initial report, conditions, actions, needs. And then of course you wanna give, you wanna take command on most situations, conditions, actions, needs. Um, and then you do a 360 report, which basically after doing a 360, you just repeat that same report. So if nothing else, you can go into a, a size up scenario and say, here's the conditions, here's the actions, here's the needs. Conditions, I have a house that's on fire. I'm gonna put some water on that fire. I'm gonna need some more water and some more resources to best manage the situation. Do a lap around the fire. I just did a 360. The fire is in the basement. It's a walkout basement. I'm gonna move my hose line to the back of the building and I'm going to need some, um, oh, and I'm gonna do a, an interior uh, offensive attack, uh, offensive strategy. There's more things to add, but as long as you do conditions, actions, needs, 360 conditions, actions, needs, that's the most fundamental part. So here we are, here is the three. So there's one for uh, structure fire. And this is where you see offensive versus defensive strategy. Um, you have the building, the problem, the location, the task, the location, the objective, the um, water supply. It does get more in depth, but if nothing else, here's the, here's the conditions, here's my actions, this is what I need. I did my 360, here's the conditions, here's my actions, this is what I need. Here we are, we got a wildfire. Here's the conditions, I've got a um, one acre wildfire in grass and brush with a moderate rate of spread. The rate of, um, there's currently no exposures other than um, the hillside. There is a power line that is gonna be threatened in a few hundred feet from the fire. My action is I'm gonna do a direct attack. I'm located off the side of the highway. My objective is to anchor and flank this fire and catch it before it gets to the power lines. I am on tank water. I'm gonna need a water tender shuttle. I'm gonna to need to upgrade the assignment to a working wildland fire, and I'm going to establish command. Follow-up report. Um, we, were, we were able to, um, we did confirm this is getting closer to the power lines. Um, there will be power lines overhead if we don't catch this fire. Uh, we have managed to make some progress on the fire, but we have yet to contain it. Um, the action is same, or we're gonna change. And then the location, we're gonna continue from the highway on the east side of the fire. The needs is we're gonna need a helicopter to see overhead, notify the power company so that they can kill the power lines, um, anything else that you're gonna need, and then a TAC channel. Size up, what are the conditions, what are the actions, what are the needs? So I don't need to get into depth. Again, this is only five minutes of fire, but realize conditions, actions, needs, 360 conditions, actions, needs. And there is more things to add, but at the basic level, don't get too complicated, don't, don't get too carried away with all the different language and terminology and things that you have to know for each of these specific things. So you can see again, an MVA um, conditions. I have a car crash. 
I'm going to um, extricate and stabilize and then extricate. I'm going to need an extra ambulance and uh, law enforcement and traffic control. Um, I'm establishing command, follow-up report. This is confirmed two vehicles, one person dead, two people critically injured, special hazards. There's some gas that leaked, so I pulled the hose line from my engine. Um, we're going to continue to extricate. We have a hose line pulled. We're going to need an extra, ambul an extra ambulance and a medical helicopter for the critically injured patient. Also notify um, uh, Department of Transportation to help with traffic and maybe a um, if you have some type of counseling or support since there is a fatality. TAC channel, we're going to move it to a TAC channel. So just a word on TAC channels, um, depending on how the radios work within the area that you're at, um, a lot of times it's best to wait until your follow-up report before moving to a TAC channel because a lot of times with radio frequencies, at least the time of this recording, is that uh, they might not reach as far. So if you switch to a TAC channel, a lot of times that frequency isn't hitting a tower and then getting um, signaled out with, with more strength. So a lot of times the TAC channel just goes from radio to radio. And so you have if, if you do that too early, there is um, there might be incoming resources that miss some critical information. So my recommendation is you don't go to a TAC channel right away. You do the TAC channel after your 360. Um, that being said, if you're just doing a size up, and you mentioned the TAC channel during your, your kind of like a assessment center size up, it might sound good to do it there. Say, hey, we're switching to a TAC channel. I've just noticed in the area I work, sometimes I've, I've switched to a TAC channel too early or I've been responding to an incident. They switch to a, a TAC channel and all of a sudden I can't hear that traffic until I get closer to that incident. A little bit of a side tangent. Final piece of this, and then we're going to bring it to a close. This is five plus five minutes of fire, um, is this resource list. So these are two tools. They're guidelines. Uh, they work great for me. I, I've helped a lot of other people that like the simplicity of these size-up sheets to keep with them because um, it's really helpful. That If you've ever done the blue card, um, the blue card training, it's kind of similar to that, but not exact, but it follows for structure fire, it's kind of similar. Um, for the wildland is, in my opinion, it's a lot easier for the wildland stuff. So, so, um, so for the incident resource list, this is just a way to organize the resources that are responding to your incident. Then once they get on scene, where they're located, what their assignment is, and then just a simple basic sheet to follow. This is one of many that are out there, but I included this um, because it's really helped me. It's simple, you just, as you're getting dispatched, you're writing out the resources that are responding, you're keeping track of their location, you're looking at their assignment, and then you can, you can redirect them or do, uh, give them different assignments as needed, or you can do your CAN reports um, or accountability reports to make sure everybody's staying on track, you're not losing anybody, and there's good communication throughout it. So at the end of this scenario, you can give a size up. It's common in a lot of these scenarios is they, they'll say, okay, the incident's over. Now give me a summary of um, where all your resources are at. And so if you have the sheet, it'll be like, this one's here. The last time I talked to him, they're working on um, horizontal ventilation. This one was interior doing a, a fire attack and um, 
the other one was my um my rig team or my support crew and then this one is on at staging or or on deck whatever you whatever terminology is so anyway um incident resource list is here the shift prep sheets are here and this went way longer this is the last of this five minutes of fire in terms of the practical tools i'll do one more i'm actually going to give you one more um one more recording in the series to give the references. And I might do one more on the testimonials of who this has worked for. But in terms of the tools, that's it. This one's longer than five minutes, but I hope that it was worth your time. I hope that you found it valuable. And um, these, I have a lot of fun with these sheets because I, I like keeping things super, super simple because when you're faced with a, with a stressful situation, if you can keep it as simple as possible, it, it helps to... Um, you don't want something to get way complicated and make it more stressful than it already is. Thanks for watching. Talk to you later. Bye.